All right, here we go. The next episode of the Musings of Dirtbag Duke. Hope you're doing well, staying safe, staying healthy out there. Since the college football playoffs continued, the conversation continues to have legs and I thought, well, why not? Let's weigh in again. Let's weigh in some more on it. Let's give the old Duke's two cents more on the playoffs since everybody else wants to continue to go on. And some of these fan bases can be so insufferable. It's it's sad and comical all in the same time that the, the reasons and supposedly valid reasons on why their team should have been in the playoffs or a certain team should have been in the playoffs. And it's, it's, uh, it's nonsense, I guess, basically. I think the one fan base that might might have a little bit of an argument and depend upon the reasoning behind it would be would be Georgia. Now in the past there has been teams that you know have lost you know or not even participated necessarily in their conference championship and still got in. So you could argue based on the past. Now, the issue then is becoming, has become that you have an, um, an undefeated Washington team and undefeated Michigan team. Now, if you want to talk about then you, Conferences, I think then that's where you have to have that conversation. And, and it needs to be a honest conversation on the strength uh, or lack of strength or weakness of that conference. So the number one team that is um, being discussed the most is obviously Florida State. The other thing is, I'll, before we get into that, though, too, I'll bring up is that a lot of these conferences are are they're so vastly different between the top and the bottom, right? Uh, I would say probably the the conference that has the most depth out of anybody would be probably SEC, and then probably I, I guess I'd hate to say it, but maybe the maybe the Big Ten, maybe um, thinking of just. But maybe not, you know, when I think about it then. Because for them, for the Big Ten, you're going to look at who's the ones right there. It's going to be Penn State. It's going to be Michigan. And then it's going to be Ohio State. So you got three out of those teams. And I think everything else, then it kind of really drops off, right? Big 12, kind of really the same thing. You know, you have maybe Texas. So you got Texas, obviously, there at the top. And then Oklahoma's okay, and then it really drops off, I think, after their, after that point also. Just based on this year and how the, you know, how the conference fared. 
SEC. Uh, you can point to uh, obviously Alabama, Georgia. You can point to Ole Miss, and probably looking at LSU also, right? So those, there you got four, right? And you could probably squeeze in a fifth in there. Maybe look at this year Mizzou, maybe. So for sure, four, maybe five teams in there. ACC, you know, you can only think of just the one, really, right? Um, and and that's Florida State. So to me, that argument then le- leads toward the that idea of that you definitely need to have a, a representative from from the SEC there, okay? And then Pac-10, uh, Pac-12, whatever, you're looking at, you know, Oregon, Oregon State. I'm sorry, Oregon, Washington, positive Washington fans. O- uh, Oregon, Washington. Um, and then it really, I think, kind of drops off from there. USC really didn't do much, right? They fell apart. Um, Utah didn't impress, you know, um, so it, it, you really can't say that there's, I don't think more than two. And just to, for argument, you might get we might give them three, but they're two and a half. But I think it's just two. So from that standpoint, and looking at the competitiveness, and, and then how successful those teams are, I think then you definitely have to have an SEC representative there. If you look at then the Florida State, and the argument was, well, they had the best. Non-conference, uh, non non-conference schedule. So then you got to look at okay. So they played LSU, and then they played Florida. Well, Florida wasn't that great. I wouldn't consider them to be. It just because they're in the SEC doesn't mean that they're going to be you know, a top tier team, right? They're, they're Florida's definitely down. Okay. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't consider that just because they're in that conference, you know, doesn't mean that they're going to be that great of a team. Now LSU. Yeah. I, I would say, again, I, I mentioned them as, as top four in the conference. Okay. Mentioned them top four in the conference. So they beat non-conference LSU. Well, guess what? Guess what? Guess what? Alabama beat in conference, in division, LSU. A rival, LSU. So if you say that that's a check mark in the column for FSU, then it's a check mark in the column for, for Alabama. Because they're also giving that, that's the reason why Texas made it in. Well, Texas beat Alabama first game of the year, so therefore, you know, it doesn't matter really necessarily what you do with the rest of the conference as long as you beat Alabama. So if that's your, again, and I think I mentioned that on Monday, if this is your high point, if Alabama is your high point, then Alabama deserves to be in there. If they're that, if they carry that much weight over the win for Texas, then and that's the reason why that they get in because over Alabama because they beat them. Well, then Alabama again, like I've argued on Monday or discussed on Monday, 
should be in because they beat the number one team. Now, some are saying out there that Alabama or um, that Georgia needs to be in because of their 29 straight wins, blah, 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 blah. I, again, I, it's, it's all about what, you know, again, what have you done lately? And you lost in the SEC title game. So unless there is uh, other conference champions that are two or, you know, have um, one loss or more, it does, it, you know, it doesn't make sense for them to get in, but I think it bodes well then for the, for the six team tournament. The problem is though, too, going into next year is that we probably could have the same conversation is that in a 12 team, the 13 team, 14 team, 15 team are going to be pissed because they got left out because they felt like they deserved to be better than that 12th team that made it in. And there's too much separation, I think, from the top to the middle of the pack in, in those conferences. And so, therefore, you've got, I said, one or two teams most likely they are going to do well. And it's not going to help. The conferences, the weakness of the conference is not going to help them when it comes to these playoffs and positionings. And they, they've and they've known this from the beginning that on a four-team tournament or a four-team playoff that the, the, out of a Power Five conference somebody was going to be left out. And for the to me, it's for no more the simple fact that they just, they just didn't want Alabama in there because they know they could win it all, right? They saw them beat Georgia. They saw them beat Georgia, who has been the high watermark standard for the last two years. Right? Right? They've, they, all the talking heads said that week in and week out. Oh, they're the best. They're the best. Best team in the country. 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 And so when the best team in the country gets beat, by a team that's very good, it's probably, I think, better, then you don't want to see them in the playoff, right? You don't want them there because what are, the, what are some of these people saying? Well, they deserve a chance to try to play in the, you know, to play for the championship. They deserve a chance to play in the championship. It doesn't matter whether or not they're good enough. Nobody is given an argument to say from top to bottom that Florida State is the best team, right? They, they're not saying that from top to bottom they're the best team. Now, I've not watched them play a complete game, and, and so I can't tell you uh, one way or other, where where their offense, where their defense ranks. Now I know that they put a lot of stock in their quarterback, they put a lot of stock in their quarterback's play, and so 
and not having him on the sideline, not having him, or playing, I should say, having him on the sideline, not playing, makes a big difference to that team. And again, nobody wants to see a 65 to 3 championship game. I'm not saying that couldn't happen this year, but. But then again, I, I would argue then too that you could make poke holes in, in the reason why Michigan should have been left out. Played ECU and UNLV for non-conference. Now, they did have two top ten wins at the time, Penn State and Ohio State at the time. So I guess you got to kind of look at it that way too, but where did, where did Penn State wind up at? But the Big Ten Conference, again, it, it just fell off so much. I mean, look at the look at the West. It's pathetic. It's it's one of the worst divisions in college football today. Granted, now some of these the Big Twelve doesn't divide theirs up anymore, but still, it'd be you know it'd be the bottom half probably of the conference. Look at Texas. Texas had you know. One top, one top, uh, top ten win, I believe. Right, that's only one. They only had just the one. Florida State, LSU, thirteenth. Louisville, sixteenth. No top tens, right? And I don't believe top the LSU was top ten when they played them. So no top ten win there. Alabama won with number one Georgia, but they beat number 11 Ole Miss, and they beat number 13 LSU. And they played number three Texas, and even though they lost by 10, it's still number three, number three team in the country. So how do you, you know, again, how do you go that route? My hope is that Florida State and Georgia take this game that they're going to play, this bowl game, and take it 100% serious and go out there and show them, you know, who is, the best. I don't think so. I think there's going to be some guys that they're obviously going to be laying out because of the draft. And it's too bad, but I'm hoping that, that somehow that, that at least Kirby gets his team ready and they go out and, and play against Florida State and, you know, see, show people, which, which you know, this is an opportunity, I think, for for Mike Novell to show his team to the country and, and play number a uh, number you know number uh, number six George I think it is right now and show them how, what they've got and can they compete and I think compete despite maybe having some of these guys that are laying out because. 
it's an opportunity to put your money where your mouth is and play a, 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 a top contender like Georgia. And just because the neither one of these teams are playing for a championship, they still, I think, are playing for pride. They're playing for a win. They're playing for proving to people that they are a very good team because beyond Alabama, I don't think that Georgia had played anybody that was very, very tough this year. And there were teams that, that had them on the ropes just didn't have what it took to keep them to, to, to keep them down. And so for them, I think it's an opportunity to prove that, hey, we're going to beat number five team in the country. But we are at where we're at. And I think it'll prove out that, that, you know, that they were right. And I'm shocked to see that, that Michigan stopped, started out as a two-and-a-half-point favorite. The guys that locked that in, I hope you, you know, I hope they went in pretty deep on this one because I think that's, that's a, you know, that's a give me. I can't say that I've seen anything about Michigan that's going to impress upon me that they can beat Alabama. And the, you know, the big knock for these Big Ten schools, especially that when they play these SEC programs, they just don't have the speed. So they've got guys that can knock you around. They've got the, the, the power the Big Ten brags about, they've got power and speed both. And I think it'll prove to be a difficult matchup for them. And I don't know that they've got the passing game that what it takes. Now, let's go back and look at some of the statistics from the Ohio State game. But I know like some games, they just ran the ball the whole second half, basically. And I don't know if they've got the talent to, to run against a very stout defensive line like Alabama and linebackers that Alabama has. So we'll see. And I'll leave you on this note. There seems to be a lot of continued discussion back and forth on where things are at financially in the economy and overall just I guess satisfaction with the way things are here within the United States and I think for a history lesson for going forward for our grandchildren and great-grandchildren is, um, I think, an assessment of this period of time over the last three years 
versus the years, four years prior. And how people can understand and see the results of elections and that they do have consequences, as I've mentioned before, but, but how though it, it is also important to be more tuned into certain um, agendas in an election. And the, and the word that I'm looking for is escaping me, so I apologize the term. But to be on a, a one, you know, one agenda in an election that there are more things than important things than whatever than one agenda or one item in on an election. Again, I apologize because it's the the term is slipping my mind right now. It's aggravating me. It's irritating me because I can't think of it. What what the word I'm looking for is because it would drive home my point. Instead, I'm going to ramble about it. But many people hang their hat on that one thing because they feel like that is ultimately important to them while the rest of the country, the nation is going to the, in the toilet. Our economy is garbage. There are many that are struggling and what boggles my mind is there, but it's, I guess it's a good thing that there are many that are, they're, that are surviving. They're figuring out ways to do it. But understanding that also that there is something that happens to many people when they leave their surroundings, their home base and go to D.C., there's something that happens in that point that they become deaf and lose sight of why they went there in the first place. Many believe, I guess it, it's, it becomes a point where they're just drunk on the power. And we have to be very careful about who we send there. Because their actions don't match their words. And they will, and, and, and to me that's the, that is the essence and the true definition of a politician is they're going to tell you one thing one day and do something different the other day. And it's the classic, you know, talk out of both sides of their mouth. And unfortunately, we don't always know 
I think we've got a better chance chances of that now, but many do a good job of hiding that. But as soon as they reveal their their true self, then it's time to let them go. The problem is is that we're too resistant to change. There's too much of well, I'm gonna do what everybody else is doing. I want you know, I don't want to go against the grain, go against the mass, the group think. And so therefore we just go in and check the boxes. Or the one check for, you know, all R, all D, whatever it is, and don't don't pay attention to it. Or that we agree with them because they agree with us because, you know, of that one item, that one thing, that one agenda, right? So it doesn't matter what they think about anything else as long as they align with us on that whatever one thing is that we feel so important about. We're going to vote for them. As long as we got that one thing, I guess it doesn't matter what about anything else that goes on around us. No. No. And is that one thing that is a social, most likely a social thing worth destroying the rest of the country for? And obviously it is. And it's sad and it's scary, and I hope at some point that that becomes a lesson for future generations to understand that there are a bigger picture, there are bigger things beyond just these one or two things, whatever that person, what most people believe to be important. And depending upon what side you are of it is that viewpoint. But I've said that before and I'll say it again. I'll say this, I've said this before and I'll say it again is that you can't legislate, depending upon what side of the aisle you are on this or what side of the, you know, issue. And that's, I guess that's the, maybe the word I was looking for too is the one issue item. But no matter what side you are on, you know, one side is that I can tell you on some of these things is you can't legislate morality. Right? You can't legislate morality. And if people are going to have a certain viewpoint on that based on their morals, it doesn't matter to them. Right? They don't care. And I think the, the, the bigger issue is Dealing with things from the standpoint of economically and, and, and spending and wasting of money 
defending the country, protecting the country, protecting our border. And then looking at taking care of those here in need. And fighting crime, reducing crime, providing a safe place for future generations. Thinking beyond ourselves. And maybe over time, those one or two issues become more in your favor or it becomes not such a, a big deal because people learn or become more morally aligned with your thought processes of those, that one or two things. But we can't let those one or two things be the big thing that, that divides and educate folks on the truth and what really matters and is sending people to represent us that care about this country, that care about us that are in the country, the citizens of the country. And then you can look at opportunities for going out and doing other things. There's nothing wrong with having people coming into this country from other countries if there is a process that is followed and that there is an understanding of what what this country is about and what the direction that we want to go and how we want to handle it and that we do take care of people in need. But first, it needs to be the ones that are here, that are currently citizens, and take care of those folks, those needy people, homeless, health issues, mental health issues, things like that. Prioritize those things and then go out. But there seems to be this idea of wanting to destroy the country to weaken its power And to be holden to a communist country that is no better, no stronger necessarily, financially. And there's nothing wrong with our country being a, a global power, a global leader. And not focus in so much about equivalating, um, yeah, equivalating um, money and power, right? Or raising that to be the standard is is the idea of that, because it's about 
being a ruling class and then having the peasant servants underneath them. And again, I've said that before, there are those that believe that they are part of that or will be part of that, and they're not. They're getting dropped along the way once they're done being useful to those that are consider themselves at the top. Because there's only so much room for those folks there. There's only so many people that can be in that ruling class, else therefore it doesn't make any sense to them, Right? And the more that that is being frustrated and being um, divided or being reduced or delayed, that the better off things are and the more angry they become. And so it's a concerted effort to try to weaken, destroy uh, the American resolve and the American economy in an effort to create this global government that everybody in the world relies upon, but they'll never agree upon. They'll never be agreeing upon who's in charge of that. They think that they know, and they think that there are certain ones are going to be power players, but there'll be struggles there, and there'll be continued to be, I think, war and destruction for the when they're trying to get this process moving. Well, that's all I've got for this episode. I hope you're doing well, staying healthy, staying safe out there. Enjoy the rest of the week. And until next time.